This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network. Learn more at trine.edu. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Onliners Podcast, a podcast that dives deeper into the exciting world of online education. Featuring myself, Kirsten, and my colleague and good friend, Cody. Hi, everyone. We are two higher education professionals at Trine Online, a team within Trine University located in Angola, Indiana. Thank you for listening. Hello, and thank you for joining us. Today, Cody and I will be talking about how we went from zero to 46 courses in one year, utilizing open educational resources, also referred to as OER. We will also share with you how we created two Z degrees. If you are a faculty member interested in utilizing open educational resources or a university administrator looking to grow the use of OER at your institution, this episode will provide you with some helpful tips. By the end of this episode, you will be able to do the following within your own institutional context. One, you will be able to develop a rationale for the use of open educational resources. Two, you will be able to identify the key stakeholders and form an exploratory OER committee. Three, you will be able to advocate for financial incentives for developing OER courses. Four, you will be able to access fundamental OER websites as a starting point for developing OER materials. Five, you will be able to promote mapping of activities to course learning outcomes, which is an essential aspect of the implementation of OER. And six, you will be able to track the effectiveness of OER materials after their use in the classroom. Before we begin, I think we should share a little more information about what open educational resources are and what a Z degree is for our listeners who might not be as familiar with these terms. Open educational resources are licensed educational materials such as lesson plans, syllabi, activities, templates, videos, and other resources that are free available online and peer-reviewed. Some OER textbooks even offer low-cost printing. OER can be used without needing to ask permission. Unlike copyrighted resources, OER have been authored or created by an individual or organization that chooses to retain few, if any, ownership rights. OERs are commonly licensed through Creative Commons, which is a global nonprofit organization that freely licenses materials to creators that allow anyone to legally reuse, revise, remix, redistribute, and retain through six different types of licenses. Some institutions and nonprofit organizations have even created large repositories of resources and make them available to the public. Regarding the Z degrees, I first saw this term used in a WCET blog post titled Opening a New Path to Success, a Journey with Open Textbooks that was published back in, I think, April of 2018. The idea really of the Z degree is that courses in a given program contain zero textbook costs, which removes cost and accessibility barriers that college students often encounter. For anyone working in higher ed, I'm sure you could think of numerous situations where a student didn't buy a textbook because they couldn't afford it. This essentially impacts the success of those students who don't buy the textbook. A Z degree opens new pathways for student success. That's a great overview of both open educational resources and Z degrees, Cody. Thank you for sharing that information with our listeners. And now that you have shared more information about what OER means and what a Z degree is, 
I am going to share how we began our OER journey at Trine and ultimately how we went from zero to 46 OER courses and two Z degrees in a year. So where did we begin and how do you get started? First, you will want to identify a rationale. What is your institution's rationale for using OER? At Trine, we have two reasons we began using open educational resources in the classroom. First, we knew it would save students money. Reducing or eliminating textbook costs is one of the many ways that Trine University helps incur less debt to complete their degrees for students. With textbook costs averaging $140 for each course, the total savings for the Trine student body reaches nearly $200,000 per semester with just the current 46 OER courses we currently have. The second rationale is it provides our faculty with more flexibility in the design of their curriculum. It helps us ensure that we are teaching to the learning outcomes and not to a textbook. Utilizing OER encourages faculty to find course materials that help students master learning outcomes. Faculty can pull from multiple sources, making it easier to map activities to materials. After you identify your institution's rationale for utilizing OER, you will want to start building administrative support. At Trine, this was pretty easy because our VPAA, Dr. Shannon, was actually the one to steer this initiative and started an OER committee. But if you do not have administrative support or leadership support, start by talking to key administrative stakeholders about OER and the benefit of OER to your institution. Next, you will want to form a committee. As I just mentioned, our VPAA, Dr. Shannon, was actually the one to form our committee at Trine. Your exploratory committee should include supportive faculty and staff. Our committee at Trine included Cody and I from both the online division, main campus faculty, a member from our IT department, and a Trine librarian. So now you should have identified a rationale, built administrative support, and formed a committee. Now you are ready to start building faculty and staff support. Start by canvassing faculty and staff for their support and participation. We will get into more detail about how we did this at Trine later in the episode. And lastly, you will want to have leadership check-in. Once we had our committee started, Dr. Shannon frequently checked in with our committee in the early stages. By checking in, he not only ensured progress was being made, but it also continued to reinforce that we had administrative support on this initiative. It also helped to have him at some of those early on meetings so we could propose ideas to him and he could approve of them during the meetings. It was important to our success that we had his buy-in and his support. I agree, Kirsten. Knowing this was an initiative he saw as valuable helped motivate us to go from zero to 46 OER courses in just one year. To recap for our listeners, Kirsten already mentioned how we got started. Those steps included identifying a rationale, building administrative support, forming a committee, building faculty and staff support, and having leadership check-in. Now we are going to share our goals in starting to build courses with open educational resources. Step one, secure funding. What is the incentive for faculty to use OER in their courses? It will be very important to build buy-in to incentivize your faculty to encourage them to use OER. While you do not have to follow our incentive structure, we will share how we incentivize faculty. At Trine, when a faculty develops a new online course, they are paid $1,000, and if they are developing an existing online course, in other words, the course has already been taught online, they are paid $500. If they decide to use OER in the course that they're developing, they will get an additional $500 for using the OER. 
The extra $500 is added to the contract for any faculty who develops or redevelops the course using OER. This has been really important to our success and, quick, and quickly built faculty engagement. The initial benefit for faculty was the $500 incentive, but actually over time, faculty began to see the benefits of using OER for course development. It can allow more flexibility in the curriculum design process and also make it easier to map to the learning outcomes. So step two in this process is train faculty. Before we get into developing OER courses, we had to train our faculty. We train faculty in a variety of ways, and we will say that even though we offer multiple training sessions, we still feel like we need to offer continuous training opportunities to our faculty, but also actually our staff. Training should be ongoing. Here are a few ways we train our faculty and staff. One, we use internal training. We provided multiple internal training opportunities to all our faculty and staff on open education resources by faculty and staff who were already familiar with OER. We offered a PalSave workshop. Early in our initiative, we hosted an in-person PalSave workshop on campus and also streamed it so that all interested faculty and staff could attend. PalSave is an affordable learning program created through PalNe, which is a nonprofit organization made up of a network of 24 private academic libraries in Indiana. So in 2019, a few of us from the OER committee attended a free OER summit in Greenwood, Indiana that was organized by the Indiana Department of Education and the Center Grove Community School Corporation, where we learned from primarily K through 12 educators who had already implemented, created, and or were already using OER in their educational settings. And most recently, a handful of our staff attended the virtual open ed conference in November at a very low cost. There are affordable conference options out there. You just need to look for them. We also use librarian assistance. Ask your librarian for help. Our librarian has a wealth of knowledge on OER. She also understands copyright laws in regards to materials found online. We've utilized her for internal training opportunities also. Guide. We developed a guide for first-time faculty developers on where to get started in developing OER with available resources. Currently in our online courses, we are only using OER materials already created. However, we would really love to get to the point of encouraging faculty to create their own materials. There's a wealth of information out there we found that we did not have to recreate the wheel. Kirsten, do you want to share with our listeners, step three, how we started developing OER courses? Absolutely. First, you need to identify faculty who can and who want to develop courses using OER. How we identified those faculty is through a survey gauging faculty interest. Next, we selected faculty who are interested. We do not mandate the use of OER in our courses. While we did have to strongly encourage faculty to use OER for our Z degrees, for our other programs, it was never required. Later, we started looking at high enrollment courses or courses with high textbook cost for the highest saving impact for our students. Cody mentioned in the training phase, we developed a guide. This document is titled Guide for Developing or Redeveloping a Trend Online Course, Utilizing Open Educational Resources. In this guide, we include steps faculty should take when developing or redeveloping an online course using OER. The very first step we ask faculty to do is to review the learning outcomes. Are the learning outcomes measurable? If they are not measurable, additional steps need to be taken to ensure that they are measurable. 
Courses cannot go through the development process if they do not have measurable learning outcomes. Next, we provide faculty with a sample mapping document. This is a helpful tool they can use as they begin creating their courses. Then we ask faculty to determine which learning outcomes they would like to cover each week. Using the course mapping template, they will start filling in the week and title of the week, the weekly learning outcome alignment columns on the course mapping template. Next, they will identify the course assessments. They can review the example mapping for assessment examples. A course should not be designed based off the textbook or a course material. Instead, a course should be designed to meet the course learning outcomes. Once the faculty has identified the week and title, the weekly learning outcomes, and the weekly assessments on the course mapping document, it will be much easier for them to research and identify learning activities and materials that align. Once they have found their materials that align, they can go back and finalize the assessments. Now they can start researching and identifying open educational resources that align with each week's title, assessments, and learning outcomes. In this guide, we offer a few recommendations of OER sites for them to use. While they can use other OER sites, this provides new faculty with a starting point and it allows them to not feel overwhelmed in the early stages of the development process. The options that we give them are Merlot, Creative Commons, MIT OpenCourseWare, OER Commons, OpenStax, Open Textbook Library, and Sunny Open Textbooks. So Cody, what else is included in the development process for a course using open educational resources? Well, our Try and Align academic team works individually with faculty developers during the development process. As Kirsten already mentioned at Trine, all online course developments require mapping that demonstrates alignment. We really encourage faculty to use a variety of instructional materials and when locating open educational resources, for their courses, we encourage faculty to not just find one textbook and call it done. We really want them to look for OER and other materials that align with each week's title and learning outcomes. This could be two chapters from one book for week one, three chapters from a different book for week two, two articles for week three, and one article and a video for week four and so on. The benefit of OER is really that it allows them to creatively design their course in a way that is meaningful to the mastery of the course learning outcomes. Each weekly learning activity, material, and assessment should align with one or more course learning outcome. Now we're going to move into step four, which is assessing effectiveness. You will want to develop a process for assessing the effectiveness of OER at your institution. At Trine, before a newly developed or redeveloped online course becomes a master course, it goes through a course content evaluation, including reviewing of the materials. Also, you will want to make sure to continue asking faculty and students for their feedback. This will help with future training and assessing buy-in. We also mark OER courses in our registration system so that students know which courses will have zero cost for books. Quality assurance will also be an important part of the step as you start scaling courses using OER. We often get asked, are open educational resources as effective as textbooks? Kirsten and I have both developed courses using OER and our answer to this question is that they can be better than textbooks. However, you need to do your research to make sure resources you choose are vetted. Kirsten, can you share with our listeners what the final step is? Absolutely. Step five is to continue to build a positive OER culture. Encourage faculty to share their experiences in implementing OER into their courses. 
faculty talking to other faculty is a great way to build buy-in. And explain to faculty the benefits of using OER. Not only does it save students thousands of dollars each semester, it allows them to have more control over their course materials. As faculty talk about their experience with other faculty, it will continue to build excitement and buy-in. But you will want to frequently ask for feedback to make sure the process you have put into place is working. A bad process or confusion could be detrimental to your success. We are a year and a half into this journey and we are still working to make sure our processes work better for our faculty developers. We appreciate the feedback and we try to make improvements as we hear them. Continuous improvement is important and will help you build a positive OER culture. Cody, can you give our listeners a quick recap as we just covered a lot of information? Sure. At the beginning of this episode, we talked about how to get started with bringing the ideas of OER to your institution. That included identifying a rationale, building administrative support, forming a committee, building faculty and staff support, and also having leadership check-in. Next, we discussed how to get started building OER courses at your institution, and those steps included securing funding to, to incentivize your faculty, training faculty, creating a process for developing OER courses, assessing the effectiveness, and continuing to build a positive OER. Thank you again to all of our listeners for tuning in each month. We hope you found this episode helpful as you start your OER journey. With the holidays coming up, we will not have a new episode until January 13th. We hope you all have a wonderful holiday season and we will be back in the new year with a new episode. Yes, we really do appreciate all of you listening to the podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Please connect with us on Facebook at The Onliners Podcast or send us an email to theonliners at trine.edu. We would love for you to share what you like most about our episodes or share ideas for upcoming episodes. We love hearing from you, and thank you for joining. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.